0: Alright fuckheads, here I am again Trying to get myself a little more comfortable in front of the mic And talking to, you know, all 18 of you that listened to episode 1 And my long, horrible week is finally over I don't know when I'll put this one out And I really don't know how long this one is going to be Or if it even goes out But this seems to be kind of... Helping me get things flowing. Maybe it'll help me get my head back into the right space. It's been uh, a crazy, crazy couple of years. and My outlet that I normally go to, which is my motorcycle, hasn't been liking me too much this year. She keeps fucking up and acting up. So uh, on that note, you know, the whole motorcycle thing, I guess uh, maybe I should start off with a story about, well, probably one of my favorite ever motorcycle trips that I made with just a bunch of friends, no club involvement, no crap at all, just there was six of us. And it was a, it was a hell of a trip We went from the town that we all lived in Which was about Four and a half, well I'll say Four, about 460 kilometers away from Edmonton, Alberta I think that's about what it was anyway And we, uh All decided we were going down for a big poker run I had at the time It was a 97 Suzuki Katana And everybody else was riding Harleys There was a gorgeous soft tail That was uh, the first Harley I ever actually rode I almost bought that bike That was a beautiful, beautiful bike Lots of power, power for days Um Then there was a Dyna, I believe it was. I believe it was a Dyna frame, but he had the. Sorry, just had a light of smoke there. But that Dyna frame had been had basically everything stripped off of it, and there was three or four different sets of front forks that went onto it over the years and then we had a uh, 100th anniversary Harley Davidson uh, Harley sportster rolling with us and then we had another Dyna in the back and a electric glide actually Geezer glide is what we called it cuz he bought it from an old man and that guy had a specific little shift linkage on it that actually said geezer glide i was on a wicked little bike the one i got now is almost identical to it but it's not as torquey or fast or as nice as that one was but anyways the six of us we rolled out of our hometown after we stopped at the local pizza place that one of the guys wives dads owned and uh we had another follower i think I think he was riding on a Sportster for a little bit. He followed us down, probably about 60K out of town. You go down into this river, and there's some wicked, wicked corners on it. And he raced down, got on the bridge, pulled out his phone, and took a video of the six of us flying past. And the two in the front had the most, well, we will say they had the most experience and then the two in the back were about the same and then it was me on the katana and peter dick and wang that's what i called him hanging on the in the rocking chair beside me which that's ditch side and uh you you make them you force them to keep up it's kind of a nasty way to learn how to ride on the highway but it's fun so we're flying away and They're all making fun of me at every stop Because I'm on a crotch rocket And it's only a 750 Even the little Harley Sportster was a Bigger motor than what mine was And uh, We're probably about mm, well, Maybe just shy of an hour 45 minutes away from home And stopped to grab a donut from this little place that makes wicked wicked donuts and the diner that was in the front of the pack was uh we noticed he had a loose nut on his front stuff but we had no no wheels to fix it or no no tools to fix the damn thing and we didn't want his forks to fall apart on him and we're trying to figure out what the hell we can do on the road kind of hoping somebody will pull in with some tools or something But of course nobody pulls in Not with tools anyway This guy he walks over to us And he looks pretty clean cut And it was a little strange to see him walking over to us Because we were looking pretty rough We definitely weren't uh, friendly looking (laughs) And he come over and asked us what was wrong So we started telling him And he says well I'm the principal down here at the school Just off the highway Down about 10k I think it was He says, "If you guys can make it down that far, you can pull it into the shop there, and we we got tools in there. You can get her all fixed up." So we pulled in there. There, followed him down, pulled into the schoolyard, and of course, little kids everywhere waving and yeah, it was. It's a great feeling. If you've never been on a Harley or on on a motorcycle, period, you wouldn't understand it. I say Harley, but I wasn't on a Harley on that one and uh pull in he unlocks the shop for us uh two of the guys go in and they start going for they, they go for some tools and they come back out they know what size ranches they need because the guy that owned the dyna he uh he he worked on that bike a lot and, oh, we did have a, There was a seventh bike And that was old man Ernie And he he was riding a Heritage, I think a Heritage Classic But he always kind of fell back behind us And he, he didn't really push it like we did Unless he absolutely had to He just would kind of set his own pace And we'd wait for him if we had to And uh we had we, we, we get that Dyna back fixed again And thank the teacher And we're messing around with the bikes in the parking lot At the school And, and we figure out oh, we better peel out We were already late getting out of town So we jump on the highway And we're fucking flying It was a great trip We get just outside of Edmonton And that same damn Dyna Oh before that We stopped at uh, One of the Little towns in between and we all fueled up and we got back out on the road and my friggin katana would she was sputtering and choking and coughing couldn't get no damn power out of her and uh it, it was a pretty beat up old bike so we pull, I pulled over and I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on i thought maybe i got some bad gas so i opened up the gas tank and it went to start it up again and she fired and ran great got about 5 10k down the road and she started acting up again and i got thinking as i'm going trying to i don't want to pull over and stop again we've already had to stop once for me once for the dyna and so i'm thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and just as i'm gearing down because she's not running right i think i hit second gear I could pull the key out of it because the it was all everything was mangled up in the ignition on it. So I pulled that out and I stuffed it into the gas tank and opened the gas cap up. While all of a sudden I heard this, <laughs> she just sucked the friggin' air in. I put too much fuel in the tank and it blocked the vent tube. So she wasn't she she was vapor locking herself or air locking or whatever the hell you want to call it. So the rest of the trip pretty much. I ran with my gas cap open right after I filled the tank So back to where we're pulling into Edmonton And it's just getting dark And we're going under this overpass and Trying to get to the place we're staying at And uh, all of a sudden the Dyna in the lead Just pulls right over So of course we all gotta stop figure out what the hell's going on with that thing now and he smoked a bird and took out his fucking headlight I don't remember how he fixed it if it was a zip tie or mechanics wire or what the hell it was but and we all had uh, those underglow lights on our bikes it looked pretty cool because they were all different colors and so we're flying through Edmonton go out and trying to to find the place we were staying at. Uh, One of the guys, he had borrowed, or a friend of his, had let us all come and crash at her place for the weekend. Big, beautiful house. Like, I don't know, probably eight bedrooms. Just opened the house up for us. Let us pull our vehicles into the garage. Let us go out and play around in the yard with some of the stuff she had put us all up fed us let us drink the booze for the night we get up the next morning and we none of us are feeling real great but you know it's see we're, we're down there for the for this poker run we're going so we fly into the poker run and i run into an old friend at the poker run that was riding with uh Christian motorcycle club at the time So of course I spent most of my time talking with him Because he's, he's an old friend There was a few other guys there that I knew and chatted up with a few guys But kind of kept myself and my crew So anyways We go in, we pay our Tickets off, or pay for our ticket To get in the poker run and We get our t-shirt And go by the bikes And uh, I'm basically the only blatantly, blatantly Japanese bike in this whole run. There was a hundred and, I think it was 157 bikes or some damn thing like that. There was a fuck ton of us. So we pull out of where we were and we hit the highway, went out to our first checkpoint and everybody stops, fuel up, piss break, a bunch of guys are handing out waters for everybody get our cards punched and the cops are everywhere we've got cops following us we've got cops blocking traffic for us and uh, we go for our next check check stop which was just uh, another little outskirts of the city and then everybody fueled up then went to where we were actually doing it and it was uh a fun little area it was a private property spot everybody that wanted to have a drink or two had a drink or two and then off we were gone again and we were rolling back into edmonton 100 and whatever 57 or something like that bikes it was strong and there's cops everywhere There, one of the guys that was with me called him spacely because the bike he had before the geezer glide Sounded like uh, George Jetson's bike, like a, or like George Jetson's car, like. So he picked up the nicknames basically, and uh, never really left. Wicked, wicked guy. About one of the only ones I talked to Out of that uh, crew of us anymore, and uh, where they decided because of the amount of cops and everything, but basically had the radio on and he was listening to the radio station there in Edmonton and they were giving reports on where this big pack of bikes was for people to stay away and as we started getting closer to where the poker run was ending at they the cops tried splitting us up because it was kind of a little more congested area and I remember this fucking cop trying to cut right in and he just about took me off and my first instinct, the only thing I could think to do was oh when I thought, oh fuck this guy's gonna take me out was I booted the side of this fucking car <laughs> and threw the red light me and a couple of the me and a few more of the pack went and then something went on a couple blocks later and everybody hit the brakes. Well I didn't have a rear brake on that old katana. So I'm running only on my fucking front brake. So everybody's dropping gears and slowing right down. Well, I must have had my head in my ass because I didn't catch that everybody was slowing down right away. So I ended up on the fucking brake and in that pack of all those bikes, 157 or whatever the fuck it was. My back end comes up about three, four inches off the ground. I tell you, that scared the fuck out of me. But anyways, we go to where they finished the poker runoff, and we're all doing barbecue, and everybody's checking their tickets and all this. And say our goodbyes after a couple hours. We try and make it home, a few of us anyway. So there was five of us, I think, made the run for home that night out of the seven that was started. And we did all right. We made it about... 200k before it started to get dark So we had to do the next 250k In the dark And if you're not from up in this part of the world It gets pretty friggin cold At night up here Even in the summer that would have been June or July So we're flying down the highway And none of us are watching Speedos We kind of got The Dyna with the broken headlight Tucked in between two other bikes So that he can see the road and we're just swapping off to see who's going to stay next to them. And I fell way back at one point. And it's a four-lane highway, so there's two lanes going each direction. And I fell back, and I could see four bikes across two lanes of traffic with their, with, with their underglow lights on. I will never, as long as I live, forget how fucking cool that looked. Uh, we keep flying and we keep moving and we're getting pretty cold we're about an hour away from home so we pull into this gas station and all of us grab everything we've got for friggin' clothes none of us had proper clothes for being out like that so we grab all the clothes we got and we're piling our clothes on i think i put two pairs of jeans on two t-shirts a hoodie my jacket well, it made it uncomfortable as all hell to ride but we trucked her and made her the rest of the way home I rolled into my trailer park Because I was the first one in town to split off from everybody So I rolled into my trailer park, shut the bike off and Went in and went to bed It might not sound like much of a story But that was one fuck of a trip I really enjoyed that trip Yep, yeah, I was a gooder And the same crew of boys, we had a friend, he was living in BC, about three, four hours away from where we were, he was getting patched into a club, and I had an old, uh, I think it was a, well, if the frame and motor were a... Kawasaki KZ750 I think is what it was I don't fucking remember But it was a rat rod Right from hell that thing was Picked it up for 250 bucks Because they couldn't get it running We loaded it up went and Put it into One of my buddy's garages And we went through it And put our heads together And we had the fucking thing running In about two and a half, three hours Something like that Turned out those guys had it for five years And couldn't get the son of a bitch to run And all it was Was the CDI box wasn't grounded out To the frame properly But that thing Fuck was it rough I swear that fender on, the, Or that uh, seat on that thing Was a chunk of a 79 Ford F-150 fender Hammered out so you could sit on it With two springs On the back There was a, Harley, a set of Harley handlebars on it Uh, There was no plastics left on the sides for the electrical cover stuff So I hacked up a couple of old pieces of checkerboard And I stuffed that on instead And it was a a trailer fender like you'd pick up uh, in Canada, we call it uh, Princess Auto, but down in the States, I think it's like Harbor Freight so this bike was just a mismatched piece of shit, but it was so gorgeous and it was a rigid. They took this, we, one the guys that had it before me took the fucking springs off of it and welded wrenches to fit. I think it was wrenches anyway. So we got it running that one day. Um, we go out for a little bit of a rip and she's coughing and sputtering. Something wasn't right with Carbs. So whatever Inline 4 Fucking pain in the ass Cock sucking garbs I hate them Not the only bike I had issues with With an inline 4 carb But we got it figured out And she was running not too bad And then I took her home And the one day I figured This thing needs a sissy bar Oh no lights on it No signal lights Just all she had was Headlight, taillight and brake light That was it That was all so I weld this big six foot rusty old rebar friggin sissy bar onto it. I go back over to Buddy's house with it the one day that we're uh, that we wrenched on the bike at. It's really hard not to say some of these names, but I'm I'm trying real hard. So we go back over to his place. and a few of us gather up and we're gonna go for a rip around town well we come out of his house and we're flying down this road and there's a corner and i went into that corner too fast and the throttle stuck or something i don't know i still to this day i'm not 100 sure what the hell happened but i couldn't come down on the throttle i i let i let off the throttle i was dropping gears and nothing was helping slower down And the first thought that went through my mind was Ah, this old piece of shit, I can just put my feet down and let her go And as I was about to do that, I remembered Oh fuck, that sissy bar I just welded on So I had no choice but to ride it out I damn near sent her through a fucking fence Got myself all straightened out Went up and caught up with the boys again And she fucking died on me again So we fucked around and fucked around and fucked around with that bike and I could never get it to run quite proper. And I was supposed to take it on this run up to watch our buddy get patched in at this club. And the day before, I was going to tap out and, uh, uh, oh, excuse me. The guy with that gorgeous, gorgeous soft tail I was talking about that had the Z-bars on it and a beautiful custom paint job on it, he says, well, I'm not going to make it either, bubs. So, why don't you take mine? Yours isn't running, so take mine. Well, of course, I'm not going to turn down riding a beautiful Harley like that. Never ridden a Harley before. So the boys, we're, we rip over to pick it up. I jump on it, and one of the boys rides next to me and kind of gives me a few tips on how to ride a Harley, because riding a Harley is a little different than a Jopper, if, if you don't know the difference. They They just... They're weighted different, they shift different, everything's different about them. I'm not saying one's better than the other, I'm a Harley guy through and through, because that was always my dream as a kid. But a bike is a bike, the wind is the wind, it doesn't matter what you're riding. So the next morning, we we get up, and we we all go to work, we get off work, we jump on the bikes, and we're heading out, and you know, like I said... About putting somebody in the rocking chair Well they basically did that to me They didn't put me in the rocking chair But it was here Keep up We got a party to be at So we're flying And we Yeah Like 140, 160 This is all kilometers an hour Not miles per hour If anybody from the states is listening Or anywhere else that doesn't use the Fucked up metric system But uh we're flying, and that bike had front controls and Z bars, so I was stretched right out on it. I'm not. I'm not a short guy. I'm well five eleven and three quarters. I'd never say I'm six feet. That pisses me off because I never made that mark. Always wanted to, but I always came up short. Story of my life, coming up short. Ask my wife; she'll tell you. But I struggled with that damn bike. For probably the first hour on this trip. And uh, it's getting up close to where this party was, where this buddy of ours is patching in. And I didn't know nothing. I thought we were heading up for a biker party. And we get close to this bridge. And it's, uh, it's like a graded bridge so that stuff can fall through in the wintertime. So they don't have to plow it. Well, I don't know. When you get on one of those, your back end starts to do funny things. And a few of us had never ridden on that bridge and we were a little a little leery, but buddy that was patching in came out to catch us and ride us in. And uh he stopped us at the top of the hill before this bridge and he kinda gave us a couple of hints on it, a couple a couple pointers on it. And uh told me basically pick your speed when you when you hit that bridge because that speed that you hit the bridge at that's the speed that you're gonna ride that bridge out at the ass ends gonna kick all over the place but you'll be all right I said your only other option is to push it across this bridge and well that just was not gonna happen so of course i ride it out and we pull into town and we're sitting and we're waiting waiting for couple stragglers that we had behind, and I think I'm going to just kind of tap it off right here, because I'm planning on having some special guests one day that that's how we met. They actually do a podcast as well, they're kind of the ones that planted the seed in my head for me to give this a try, and those guys have done a lot for me got a lot of respect for them they're the ones that pulled me out of the the worst of the shitty part of my life that I was in like I said I'm by no means perfect now but I'm not the monster that I once was <laughs> but I'm gonna throw one more quick little story in here not bike involved nothing like that uh growing up I was like I said in the first episode I started drinking at about 50 and pretty and so my 18th birthday come. Well, it's time to hit the bars. and There's one bar I always stayed away from. It was one of my mom's favorites. And then uh, me and the boys, we we go in. We'll call the one the hillbilly. And we'll call the other one 45, because that was a nickname that somebody gave him, because he apparently pulled a 45 on somebody else I know at one point. <laughs> So, me and the hillbilly and 45, we're in the bar. It might not have been my, no, it wouldn't have been my 18th birthday, but it was shortly thereafter. And we go into this bar, and this guy is just being a total dick all night long. I just couldn't handle it. And we're back and forth at each other, just constant. End of the night, he comes over, and he's just as drunk as I am. Which was pretty goddamn drunk. We go out into the... I go outside into the parking lot. And as the hillbilly says to me, this is how you sounded. I'm gonna go fight that guy because he's a dickhead. So I guess me and him squared off on the side of the park... or on the side of the bar on the the street. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i guess i walked in throwing fucking haymakers everybody said they could see them coming for three blocks You could see those haymakers coming they said you know if i would have landed one i probably would have fucking flattened them but you'll learn listening to if you listen to more than one episode of this and you hear any more of my uh, scrapping stories if i'm too fucking loaded that's a sure fire way to tell The haymakers come out when I'm fucked up. Why, I don't know. It's just always been that way. Well, I guess Buddy saw these haymakers coming and just fucking laid the boots to me. I hit the ground once. I come back up and threw another fucking haymaker. I guess he went to jump on top of me and the hillbilly pulled him off and said, No, it's done. When he's on the ground, it's done. Because that's how we used to do it back in the day. Fists. And when a guy hit the ground, you got the fuck off of him. If he got back up and wanted more, you let him have some more. And trust me, I got up for some more. I always fucking did. And uh, as we're, as this is going on, I guess the cops pulled up. Well, I didn't land one fucking shot on this guy, I guess. I'm sure, I'll have the hillbilly on here one day and he'll have a listen. And he'll, he'll probably touch on this when I got lots of stories with the hillbilly. The hillbilly and 45 we were like the three musketeers at one time but the cops come and they grab me and the hillbilly he's yelling at the cops what is he supposed to do he, this guy was trying to fight him so he swung back look at him he didn't win but the other guy fucked off so they got me and they took me into the drunk tank well, 45 got the bright idea that they needed to follow the cop car over to the police station to see what was going on. Forty-five's just as gassed up as I am. The hillbilly ain't much fucking better, and he's driving. He had an old 79 Ford Thunderbird. Full load, leather, electric seats, power sunroof. You will hear about that car again. <laughs> that I guarantee. tea. <laughs> but I guess 45 got out of the car right in front of the police station and he starts yelling at the cops let my buddy go and the hillbilly says he's staggering all over the place and 45 looks like he's going to fall on his face and he's threatening the cops and he calls the cops he tells the cops come on out here and talk you come out here and talk to me and I'll start hitting you and we'll see if you, if you try and fight back let him out, let him out well, I guess the cop just looked at uh, the hillbilly. And he said, you need to get your friend out of the out of here or he's going to end up in the drunk tank for the night with the other guy. So the hillbilly went and he grabbed 45. And he threw 45 into the passenger seat. And before he got in the car, he asked the cop, what time are you letting him out so I can come pick him up? cop said, 8 a.m. So I wake up. Or no, fuck, even before that It's my first ever night in the drunk tank And I walk into the drunk tank And I'm covered in blood already And if any of you have ever been to the drunk tank You know what that means That means there's an asshole in there That's been scrapping too And he's going to see you come in And he thinks it's time to go He figures you're going to be his play toy for the night So he's beaking at me from across the room And I'm like, fuck off man I just want to sleep it off and get out And this goes on for about probably an hour Me and him just beaking back and forth Across the fucking drunk tank If you've never been to the drunk tank The drunk tank in this town that I was living in Was Basically About a 16 by 25 Concrete room With a drain in the middle And a toilet in the one corner Nothing else and they pump in cold fresh air from outside So uh, This guy He just keeps beaking back and forth at me, and I'm just trying to go to sleep And tell him to fuck off This big monstrous guy Comes into the fucking he Comes into the tank He looks at me He looks at the other guy And right away he says Holy fuck man you look like you've had a rough night lay down get some sleep i'll make sure nobody fucks with you so i leaned back in the corner and he sat down right in front of me he looked over at the other guy and he goes well, that's enough or i'm gonna end your night well the next morning the boys coming or the cops let me out It was actually about six thirty. they let me out and uh, a little earlier than what the, the cop told my buddy so nobody was there Oh, there was uh, Tim Hortons about a half a block away from the police station. So I walked over and grabbed myself a coffee and started my walk home all the way on the other side of town. It was probably about a 45-minute walk, and that was a shitty walk. I was mad. I was hungover. I didn't sleep for fuck the night before. Everything hurt. Kinda got cleaned up in the bathroom before I left the police station, but not much. And go back up to my place, walk in the door. And of course, as I come around the corner, guess what car's sitting in my driveway? That big old boat of a 79 Ford T Bird. Oh, I go in the house and I start yelling at them cocksuckers to get up. Well, the hillbilly gets off my bed, reaches underneath the bed, and tosses me a fucking beer. Oh, here we go again. Oh, at that time, I was staying with my mom did that a lot throughout the years i'd move in and move out mom had issues and i helped with the bills and mom helped me out when i needed time it worked great for everybody All oh, mom and her little friend or her, one of her best friends they'd been out partying the night before so me and the boys sat down watched a little bit of tv and had some beers well they woke up about 10 o'clock, about the time we were running out of beer again From what the boys didn't drink the night before uh, My mom's, One of my mom's best friends there She uh, brought a guy home from the bar And we were talking about going down to the liquor store Called the Beer Box That might have given away my hometown If uh, you've ever been around there Back in the late 90s, early 2000s <laughs> But it was it was pretty good. He jumps in the car jumps in that old T bird with us. I think it was me in the front seat and Trevor and this guy in the back seat. And my mom and her friend warned him. He said, You don't want to start partying with these boys. They don't fucking quit for days. And like I said, we started drinking about six thirty that morning. As soon as I got roll, it was probably about seven thirty. yeah, I'll say roughly about 7.30, so we have been drinking for two and a half hours already when it was time to go get more booze and Buddy had to come with us and we got downtown, because the beer box actually wasn't too far from the police station so I get back down where my day started, down in that area, and we're talking about what we're going to do and everything, and I shit you not and the hillbilly will tell you when I have him on the show, that son of a bitch reached out the open window unlaw or opened up the door and basically threw himself out on the main drag in town it was a good time so that's just a couple more little ones I don't know if I'll even post this one or not but uh yeah hope you enjoyed